I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode 60 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? This is our very special Christmas mini-sode number one. I'm currently in Ireland. You sound so close to me. (laughs) This is a pre-record, so there won't be a film review. There won't be Patreon subscribers. We're just going to tell some awesome, scary stories. Sounds like a plan. Although, maybe we could just tell some awesome stories rather than scary stories. No, they're going to be scary. Mm, Okay. Are you ready for story number one? No. Story number one comes from Martin. This sighting took place back in 2005. I was 18 when it happened. I won't give my size and weight, just my age. (laughs) I lived in an almost rural part of the East Bay area. Almost rural because it's on a main road with tons of traffic. But a quarter of a mile away is the Wildcat Canyon Regional Park. The park connects to other regional parks, making it into one giant forest reserve that spreads from Port Costa to San Leandro. I'm not sure of the total square miles, but it's a good-sized wooded area. It was a typical cold and foggy night, being it's in San Francisco, and I was leaving a friend's house to go home and get some sleep before work in the morning. The neighbourhood my friends lived in was across the street from my house. It connected to one of the entrances to the regional park and had drainage ditches on one side of the road that went under the main street and into the creek behind my house. The neighbourhood is dark on foggy nights. The fog traps the orange glow of the street lights. There's a lot of wildlife that comes down the hill from the park to eat trash. Possums, raccoons, foxes and coyotes are the usual suspects. I walk in the middle of the street at night in this neighbourhood because random dogs and rabid raccoons have tried to attack me. It's the best place to see something coming. I got about 150 feet to where I would turn right onto Clark Road to get to the main street and my house when I noticed something strange. A large coyote is what it looked like, but something was off. It was too long to be a coyote. Coyotes aren't very lengthy. I stopped dead in my tracks hoping it would pass by and ignore me. It didn't. I felt fear taking its grip on me as this large coyote-looking thing stopped and looked at me, its large eyes glowing yellow in the dimly lit night. I stared into its eyes. If you look away from pack animals, they will inch forward. If you turn away, they will charge. They watch your eyes, and if you watch theirs, they usually go away. This Mexican standoff was different, though. 
this creature rose up onto its hind legs and started walking towards me. Fuck off. That's not good. Its yellow eyes flashing a green tinge with every step as the light reflected on him. I was scared shitless. It had to have been seven to eight feet tall on its hind legs and the motion its body was making from walking upright was horrifying. As it got directly under the streetlight, it looked as if it was grinning. I ran. I got about six houses away from where I was and I looked back. It was on all fours and heading into the drainage ditch that led to the creek behind my house. I ran home, loaded my shotgun. I hardly slept knowing whatever it was, it was in the creek behind my fence. I still don't know what the fuck it was. And I don't want to. No, neither do I. No, neither do I. No. What in the fucking world no, is that? No, 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 no. What no. is eight foot tall on its hind legs? Skinwalker. Fuck off. It could be. Fuck off. Talk about skinwalkers. I don't want to talk about skinwalkers. No, it could be. It could be. It made me. It, there was. We've had a story before about a skinwalker, haven't we? That was in the form of a dog. Didn't we have a, a story before about an old uh, a dog, a, a, a coyote that was. <gasps> It was running and then yeah, it would turn out to be a person. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I don't, but it, this didn't sound like it changed into a man. It sounded like it just rolls up onto its hind legs. Yeah, but that's part of the formation. Oh, I'm sorry, Skinwalker expert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's creepy. That's giving me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like it. Martin, I, I don't like your story. That's a really interesting thing mm. that you should say. Silver bullets. That's what you need, Martin. That's really interesting. In a couple of weeks, there will be a werewolf Patreon episode. Would you believe? So it's really interesting that you should say that. Oh my gosh, it's almost like you told me and only you haven't. Are you ready for another story? No, not if it's like that last one. Oh, that's giving me the heebie-jeebies. We talked so much about like the rake and crawlers on last week's episode that I feel like if we discuss this as the rake and crawlers, we will just be repeating ourselves again. Yeah, I don't think it's the rake and the crawlers, don't they? Do you not? No. Oh, I do. You see, I, that was my first thought. Was that no, it was like no a description of no, no description of the if a rake has been dog-like so far. We haven't had any that have been okay. dog-like, I don't think. Not that I can remember. I, I think it's skinwalkers. Oh, skinwalkers give me the hijibis. I think they're meant to. <laughs> I know, I know I'm not meant to like love them and want like, them in my hey, life. Hey, skinwalkers, how are you doing? Let's have a drink. But, but they just, of all paranormal things, yeah. I mean, they really give me the, the, the hijibis. Hijibis. And I don't like it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Story number two comes from Ryan. Okay, Ryan. I'm listening from North Carolina and I have a scary story from my childhood that has stuck with me for about 20 years. When I was about nine years old, 
My brother and I shared a bunk bed, and since I was older, I slept on the top bunk. One night, I woke up and had to pee really badly. I looked over the side and saw a dimly lit blue figure, but it wasn't human. After being frozen for a few seconds, I was able to focus and see that it was a snake. I don't remember exactly what kind of snake it was because I was so young, but it was raised like a cobra. Suddenly, the snake slowly started to rise towards me. When it reached halfway, I started to scream, and it didn't disappear until my mum turned the light on. After I used the bathroom, I slept with my mum and my stepdad, and they insisted I was dreaming. I was unable to sleep, so after a while I opened my eyes and I noticed that the ceiling was moving. The room was plainly lit from the moonlight and the nightlights in the hallway. The ceiling was full of snakes. Oh but none of them were glowing blue. Again, I screamed, and after the room light was turned on, there was nothing. My parents choked it up to me being sleepy, though I believe I'm haunted, or I'm cursed, or I just have extremely bad luck with snakes. Over the years, I've had multiple encounters with snakes, which is uncommon in my area. I've hit more snakes with vehicles than anyone I know, I've killed more snakes with gardening tools than anyone I know, but I haven't seen the blue snake since that night. My grandparents also noticed a spike in snake activity while I was living with them for a while. When the snake slithered into the pool and couldn't get out, for example. After my mom and my ex-stepdad divorced, we moved to my grandparents' house. About three months after we moved in, one night I woke up and had to pee. Apparently... This is a common thing for me. (laughs) This time, I found a snake in the hallway between myself and the bathroom. I went and woke my parents up rather than screaming because I thought I was seeing things. They came with me, and this time, it was real. My mom was on the other side of the snake and I wanted to be with her, so for whatever reason, I jumped over it, and it didn't even flinch. My grandpa took it outside and killed the snake, then as a family, we looked to see how it got in. All the doors were closed, the windows were closed and locked, no vents or returns were open, so there was practically no way for a snake to have gotten in. And it still freaked me out to this day. He's a slithering, clearly. Clearly he's just a slithering. Yeah. Like, parcel babe, tongue. babe, you've maybe, just missed your letter. Maybe he speaks in his sleeping parcel tongue. Oh, maybe. And doesn't even realise. Is, is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe. And he just doesn't even realise. Why was the snake line blue? Was that like a king snake, ghost snake that came to him to warn him and be like, you are connected with my snake brethren. You are going to see them everywhere from now on. But it's okay because we'll kill them. Why would a snake king kill the... No, I mean because you'll kill them is what I meant to say. I said the wrong word. (laughs) I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Because he's been driving over them and getting them with garden tools. It's weird, isn't it? But But this is a man who's like... He's not saying I'm seeing this blue glowing snake. He's like, I just experienced more snakes than anybody else yeah. I know. That's so weird. Yeah, it's very weird. That's like you seen like last week when you were talking about seeing those dead birds mm. on the Patreon episode. Yeah, that was a two week period though, not my entire life. <laughs> I know, not your entire life, but still. Things like that you do notice though, yeah. you suddenly start seeing like spiders everywhere. Yeah. You're like, oh God, I'm seeing all the spiders or whatever it is. Snakes though, when it's not common to have snakes mm. in that area is really weird. Mm. That is weird. And the last one actually being there as well. <laughs> but they do come up through the toilet don't yeah. they well I think so they do in Australia yeah I don't know if they do in America 
They've got to be able to swim underwater to be able to do that. I mean, they can, can't they? Not all snakes can swim. Anacondas can. Yeah, but anacondas are in South America. Well, listen, all, all right, right this sorry. man is this is a story about a man seeing a glue a blue glowing a glue blowing snake. Blue, a glue, blue, blue, blue. <laughs> a glue blowing snake. A glue blowing snake, wow. <laughs> that could be quite handy to have around to be fair. Are you ready for one more story? Yeah, go for it. This story is from Sarah. My name is Sarah, and I've been a listener of the podcast for about two months now and hearing all of the listeners submitted stories got me to finally write down my own experiences. So I thought I'd shoot you an email about my inexplicable spooky happenings that consist of not one, not two, but three apparitions. As a child, I would often hear things, like my name being called when I was alone out in the yard. I would run back inside to see if my parents were calling me, but they were not. I thought it was strange but I never felt threatened by it, so I let it go. As an adult, I've experienced what I knew were auditory hallucinations while on psychedelics, and while they were unnerving, I've always found auditory hallucinations much creepier than visual ones. I knew where they were coming from, so I was able to rationalise it away. But maybe my younger brain was capable of producing these even without outside influences. I don't know. But from childhood, I've heard things that weren't there, and as an adult, I've seen things, sober, that I have no explanation for. I've witnessed full-blown apparitions three times in my life to this point. Though at the time of the experience, they did not bother me as much as they did when I had some time to contemplate them afterwards. You see, I'm also prone to split-second visual hallucinations when I'm very, very tired. A week of bad sleep and I would start to see full-formed people where there are none. I've seen people walk through the door of the shop I work at that weren't actually there. Once I saw my roommate's girlfriend walk by the kitchen on a day she wasn't in the house. Coming out of a shop one time, I walked up to my car and for a second saw a middle-aged woman sitting in the driver's seat. These visions are always human, always perfectly normal and modern looking. No one I know and not strange in any way except that they only exist for a brief second. They only occur when I'm sleeping poorly. And once I get some real rest, I don't see them anymore. In fact, when they do start popping up, I usually cancel any plans to try and make sure that I get as much rest as possible, since they seem to be an indicator that I'm working too hard or stressing too much. The apparitions I saw, however, were not split-second visions. The first time it happened to me, I was living in a house likely built in the 80s, though I was not sure, with my boyfriend at the time. We were both in bed, dead asleep, when I was woken up suddenly by the feeling that something was profoundly wrong. I rolled over, sitting up slightly, and looked past my boyfriend, who was to my right, to see something standing near the foot of the bed. It was a tall man, all black, with no head. The thing seemed to be a silhouette, but somehow solid, and would have been over six foot tall, except the body stopped at the shoulders, no neck or head in sight. I stared for a second, then turned to look at my boyfriend who was lying in the bed next to me, still asleep. I looked back at the figure, and it raised one hand, waved at me, and then dissolved, the black dissipating like ink in water until I could see the other side of the bed again. Somehow, I fell back asleep, but when I woke up in the morning I told my boyfriend about it. I'd heard about shadow people, and the dark things that come when one experiences sleep paralysis, but I had been moving. I'd even looked down at my boyfriend to check if he was asleep. 
I hadn't been paralysed for a second. But I chalked it up to my hallucination happy brain and moved on. The second apparition occurred a few months later. I was woken again by the feeling that there was someone in my room, and I sat up startled. In the same spot as before, the foot of the bed on my boyfriend's side, there was now the silhouette of a little girl, with her head, all black. I blinked confused because my boyfriend did have a young daughter who slept in the room across the hall. But her tiny hands had not yet perfected the art of opening doorknobs without effort, and I'm sure I would have heard her come in. I looked over at the door, but it had not been opened. I looked back at the dark figure, still sitting. Suddenly, it hopped off the edge of the bed, on my boyfriend's side, so I could not see where it went. I lurched towards his side of the bed, grabbed the edge and peered over, but the mystery girl was gone and she had left nothing behind. Shaken, I returned to my side of the bed, as my boyfriend continued sleeping, oblivious to the supernatural activity in our room. I took some breaths, managed to calm myself down, convincing myself I must be experiencing some variation of sleep paralysis. Lying back down, I glanced at the clock on my bedside table, trying to ground myself and prove to myself that this wasn't a dream. It read exactly 6am, but I never learned if that was relevant to anything. I buried these experiences deep in the back of my head as I moved on with my life. I had much more pressing things to worry about at the time, a series of personal tragedies, the end of that deeply unhealthy relationship, and moved out of that house. A few years later I was living in a different city, about an hour's drive away, in a house I shared with two roommates, with my own room and bed all to myself. My room was strangely narrow, so all of my furniture was pushed against the walls on either side, so my bed no longer had another side, just the wall. I was again woken by the sensation that there was someone in my room with me. My eyes snapped open, my heart racing, to see a figure standing next to the bed, less than a foot away from me. This time it wasn't a black silhouette, but a woman, dressed in a long red dress and veil, Victorian style and I could make out the details of her face and clothes. But she was semi-transparent, and I could see my desk behind her. Realising that it was not an actual person standing over my bed, ready to do me harm, but instead some sort of apparition or hallucination, I actually calmed a bit. After all, these things had never tried to hurt me before. With surprising casualness, to this day I'm still amazed by this, I picked up my arm and reached for the woman, to prove to myself that she wasn't real. My fingers passed right through her, almost reaching the desk chair behind her, and she looked down at me. Satisfied that she was not corporeal and therefore could not harm me, I tucked my arm back under the covers and she began to fade from view, and as my heartbeat slowed to a normal rhythm, I went back to sleep. It has probably been five years since that last apparition woke me from a dead sleep. I never saw anything else in that house other than my sleep deprivation people. Which I've never considered a haunting because I see them everywhere and they're clearly just a symptom of my exhausted brain. I've moved a few times since then and the figures standing by my bedside have not seemed to follow me. As I've said before, I'd like to chalk them up to some form of sleep paralysis, except I was never paralysed and had full command of my body during every experience. I'd like to call them especially vivid dreams because I have had those, but I really felt awake and even checked in on my surroundings to assure myself that I was not dreaming, and the waking world was as real and normal as ever, with the obvious exception of the figures who should not be there. 
Maybe it was just my exhausted, imaginative brain creating interesting images for itself. I'm an artist and an incredibly visual person, and the figures being of my own creation might explain why I was generally unbothered about them and able to return to sleep easily after seeing them. Or maybe I'm just strangely practical in the face of ghostly apparitions. If I can't hurt them, they can't hurt me. I don't know. I just know that I've never found a clear or adequate explanation for this phenomena other than weird brain doing weird brain stuff. Maybe one day I will see one of these figures while fully awake and then be able to draw a different conclusion. But it is interesting to say that I've seen three full-on apparitions lasting several seconds, reached through one of them, and I'm still not sure I believe in ghosts. How do you not? <laughs> How do you not? I can relate to this story, though. Why? Well, because in the second story, a uh, uh, boyfriend at the time just slept for everything. I feel like that would that was get be the exact response I get from you if it was happening to me. What I just sleep through yeah. it? Yeah, I probably would. Mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't care either nope. in the morning. I'd just nope. be like, oh, mm. exploding head syndrome. Yeah, and then we'd move <laughs> on with our lives. Well, I would. You'd be like, oh god, I can never sleep again. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, mm. How bizarre. I guess the skeptic would say that she was woken from sleep every time. So it's a yeah. dream. It could be a dream within a dream. <laughs> Yeah, could be a dream. But I don't feel like it is because I feel like she's got quite a good grounding in what. Well, what especially is a dream and when what she has said that she um, regularly sees glimpses of things when she's tired yeah. and is able to say it's because I'm really tired. I know I'm exhausted. They don't freak me out. It's just my imagination mm. and it's just my brain telling me that I'm overtired. And she's able to say I've had experiences on psychedelics and this isn't the same yeah. as that and she can and she says that she's had vivid dreams and she knows what they look like as well which all points to the suggestion that what she saw was actually an apparition a headless apparition a little girl apparition hopping off the bed and then, and then the disappearing blood bride. and then the blood blood bride well she had a nice. veil when she was red wouldn't she so nice that's what i'm calling her i like that tm by me now blood bride <laughs> is a good one how mental and i suppose she doesn't she hasn't had them since no as well so if it was yeah, a regular was, yeah, part of was, her yeah. psyche if it was like a sleep paralysis you'd assume that she'd have that she'd have it since and i can't imagine that in sleep paralysis your brain is terribly imaginative as far as i'm aware sleep paralysis is generally like shadow figures yeah. or it the tends to repeat itself rather than it being three different three incredibly different characters and they are very different as well yeah actually they are very different but you, you know little girl ghosts can do one I'm not down with that at all. Um, Imagine she reached through the ghost. Yeah, and she's like, she's all. So we've had so many stories recently where I've just been like, they are reacting so calmly, whereas I would just be crying in a corner. Yeah, you would. Sobbing endlessly and hiding as much as I could. Yeah, I don't understand these these calm, rational people. I mean, it's impressive. It is very impressive. It's very impressive indeed. That's three really different stories we've had as well. I know. That was good good choices. Thanks very much. Yeah, I liked them. Well, I didn't like them. I was terrified by them. But th- I love them. Um, I, <laughs> I like the I, fact they were varied. I love when we come across a story that is so different, like the snake one, so different than anything we've ever had yeah. before. I love when that happens and I'm like, yay, this is not anything we've ever seen before and it'll be interesting to talk about. I would look into Slytherin, Hogwarts and Parcel Tongue if you were that guy. Yeah, I would. If you see owls quite regularly, assume they're trying to del- deliver a letter. Yeah. Um, or you've missed your chance. Yeah. You have to remember as well that when Voldemort um, took over the ministry, 
he burned all the Muggleborn um, records. Oh, that's true. So sorry, mate. It might be that me and you are actually Muggleborn witches and wizards. And um, I mean, I am one hundred percent not. You'd be a squib. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. It's a squid of some description. A squib. Oh, I don't know. Is, that... is it is it wizards with no magical powers? Yeah, but I don't think I'd even be that advanced. I'm just a normal muggle thing. Oh, how boring for you. Um, or he just could be being called by the Death Eaters. Mm. That's why I've seen snakes on the ceiling. Or that. He never got around to getting the, t- the tattoo like everybody else has. Yeah. If you enjoyed this week's episode, <laughs> we'd like to wish you a very happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have a great Merry time. Merry Chrysler. Whatever it is you're doing. If you are enjoying your Christmas alone with family with friends if you hate Christmas if you love Christmas we hope that you have a lovely if you don't celebrate Christmas if you don't celebrate Christmas we hope that you have a lovely couple of weeks um, we're having a nice couple of weeks off if you want how's to... Ireland by the way Ireland I uh, is stunning what day is today <laughs> it is um, technically Sunday when you're listening to this I don't know what I'll be doing I'll probably be still in bed I'd imagine shout so if you want to come and talk to us, you can do so on Instagram. I am on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. Dan is on Instagram. At 50p Movie Club. We are also on Twitter. At Real Ghost Pod. And you can send us in your stories to Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk to us on Facebook, you can come and like our Facebook page, which is Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. And we have a super secret Facebook group called RLGS Supergroup. And the answer to the question is Emma and Dan. And Tiny Bims if you feel obliged. And Tiny B. And if you want to support us with some cash money, you can do so on patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you can get some extra spooky content. And that's all we got, I think. On that note, see you next time. We shall see you next week. Rory and Kid here from the award-winning podcast, This Paranormal Life. Every week we investigate a paranormal story and decide if it's real or a hoax. Like the time a guy claimed he punched Bigfoot. Or when a UFO showed up at a football game in front of thousands of people. Each episode has sound effects, music, and storytelling that feels so real, you'll never sleep again. You will. Stop it, you're going to scare away new listeners. Check out This Paranormal Life every Tuesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. 